So our special guest today is Cassandra O'Sullivan Satcher. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you for accepting my invite. So just tell me a little bit about yourself, Cassandra. Well, my profession is actually a college English professor. And so for many years, I have not focused on my creative writing interests and have instead been doing a lot of writing on research studies and uh, practitioner pieces for educators. And so it's only been since the pandemic, uh, back in March, 2021, that I decided that it was time for me to rediscover my creative voice. And so I ended up uh, joining an MFA program, Master of Fine Arts in Creative Writing, which I'm about to finish up in January. And it really just led me to, to hone my craft and think about why I wanted to write in the first place. And I've, I have written books in the past without having any sort of formal training in creative writing. None of those were successful. I had only ever published one creative piece when I was in high school. And then since this, uh, the last few years and my focus on improving my writing, I have been much, much more successful. That's brilliant. So what was the what was it that you got published when you were younger? It was an essay that I wrote in my senior year of high school. I think it was called uh, In Praise of Santa Claus. And then for 25 years, no creative publications. Every time that I tried to turn something in, uh, try to get an agent or just publish a short story, I was met with rejection. And eventually yeah. at one point I thought, Maybe I should do something else instead. But I, I found my way back. Uh, it can be hard, can't it, when you keep getting rejections all the time. It does sort of like make you really disappointed and think, well, am I really good at this if I keep getting rejected? Yes, absolutely. And I think that part of the problem was that I was essentially writing into a vacuum. I was writing, I was sending it out to magazines and agents and publishers but what I wasn't doing was getting any sort of feedback on my writing from anyone. I wasn't a part of a writing community I or a writer's group or anything. And so I think that that's a big part of the difference. So whether writers like me do a sort of formal program or not, I think for more success, everyone should should stop writing into the vacuum and become a part of something so they can improve their craft. Yeah, that that is one of the biggest things that a lot of authors have said whilst I've been doing these interviews is that having that support system behind you, people that sort of like egg you on and tell you where you're going wrong and giving you like constructive criticism and helping you to get it right. Um, that's what helps them get along better as well. Exactly. And finding the right people to do that, because I'm sure um, many writers have supportive family members and friends. But if those people aren't also writers, they might just say, oh, I really liked it. Good job. And that doesn't help me with, well, what should I do better? What parts weren't working? Oh, no, it was really good. No, I need more than that, please. Yeah, that's right. So tell us about your books. All right. Well, uh, the book that I'm most excited about, the books that I wrote, um, the writer Charles Johnson writes about apprentice books, books that never saw the light of day in terms of being published because they weren't 
they weren't ready. And that's how I feel about the books that I wrote in the past. The books I'm just going to leave in my hard drive and they'll be there and probably won't ever get an audience. And that's fine. Yeah. So instead, I will tell you about the book that's coming out from Wicked House Publishing in March. And that is called Darkness There But Something More. So I'm very excited about it. Uh, I'll read read, uh, my brief blurb. After the death of her baby and subsequent divorce, Edgar Allan Poe scholar Marissa Owens leaves behind her tenured career as an English professor to seek a fresh start in a less prestigious, non-permanent position at her undergraduate alma mater. While adjusting to her new role and building relationships with students, one of her favorites goes missing and turns up dead. Marissa is drawn into the investigation due to her connection with the deceased student, Hadley, an introverted girl she had gotten to know well during office hours. She meets Jake Ruiz, a homicide detective, and helps him uncover Hadley's involvement in an underground sorority, one that may be linked to her death. This triggers a disturbing memory from Marissa's own college days, one she has attempted to keep buried. As Marissa strives to find justice for Hadley and grows closer to Jake, she is forced to confront the guilt from her past, especially after she begins receiving threats to tell her secret. Marissa faces a choice, stop meddling in the investigation or risk exposure and maybe even her life. Sounds really good. (laughs) Well, I hope so. I'm I'm hoping that by March, people are still interested in a book that has some Edgar Allan Poe connections, because if you're like me, you've definitely been watching The Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix. So as a Poe lover myself, if not a scholar like my main character, I was very excited by that series and, and hoping that there are Poe lovers who will be drawn to read my book. Hopefully that's, uh, it'll do good for you. I have my fingers crossed. (laughs) (laughs) So what's inspired you to write in the horror genre? You know, when I got back to writing after my fairly long break, I wasn't writing horror. It wasn't where I found myself at first. I was taking fiction classes, creative nonfiction classes, and I was writing all sorts of things, many of which have been published. But I guess that what draws me to horror is that (laughs) something my mind does, which is not great, is that I'm always imagining the worst case scenario. I go for a walk in the woods and I'm seeing the steep cliff and thinking I need to be careful not to fall off. (laughs) I see uh, the rotten log, which is, which looks like the only way to get across to the other side. And I imagine stepping through it and breaking my leg. So while that has not served me well in life and has made me a bit of a scaredy cat about things, it works works well for horror because my mind just goes there. I don't have that romance mind or, or I've written some humorous pieces before, but still I just find myself drawn to sometimes bad things happen. And of of course, I love horror movies. I've been watching horror movies almost my entire life. And I guess that from a 
a psychological standpoint, there's that there's that feeling of comfort when you're watching or reading something which you are not involved in and you're safe. Just like we go on a roller coaster, we're strapped in and we know that we, well, most of the time, know that we won't fall out, fly out to our deaths. I, as a viewer or reader, I think that we just have that experience of the thrill with none of the risk. And I think that's what draws me to, to read horror, but also to create it on my own. I yeah. am the master behind the scenes making horrible things happen to my characters. Oh, but I'm safe. <laughs> I'm on this side, <laughs> I'm on this side of the board. <laughs> <laughs> that's right though isn't it we're absolutely safe but we're torturing our yeah. uh, characters to death bless them <laughs> i feel terrible sometimes for the things that i do to my characters i i walk away from the computer and i think oh poor edgar poor this person but oh sorry that's what the story demanded yeah so how do you come up with the dark and eerie settings in your book with the ideas? I know you've spoken about um, going for a walk and sort of like um, thinking the bad of everything that's going to happen. Does that always, is that always sort of like the, uh, uh, what, what am I trying to say? Is that always how you, you get your ideas? I would say that most of my ideas are definitely inspired by things that I see, experiences I've had. For example, I wrote I wrote a story this summer uh, about a guy who is sitting in his backyard and he's crushed to death by a tree branch breaking. And that almost happened to me shortly before I wrote that story. But luckily yeah. I heard the crack and ran out of the way <laughs> and then watched my chair uh, get smashed by about a couple hundred pounds of, of branch falling on it. And so little things like that where, oh my gosh, that really could have had a, a horrific ending. Little things like that definitely inspire me. I'm driving through a snowstorm and obviously that's a very dangerous situation. Phew, I got out okay. I was fine. But my characters yeah. and sometimes sometimes I'll get an idea for a story that doesn't start with the tragedy. It might just be an image. Uh, I'm taking a walk, I'm walking the dog or something, and I see a bird and the bird makes me think of something. So I am constantly looking at the world around me for inspiration. But often when I get started with the story, I don't know where it's going to go. Uh, are you familiar with the uh, planner versus pantser metaphor? Yeah. In writing okay so i think i think that even though with some of my writing in the past for example my research studies everything is so well planned out i've done all of this reading before i sit down and write a literature review nothing's a surprise i work my way periodically through it but yeah. when it comes to my horror writing sometimes i sit down at the computer with a single image a single idea or oh i think that i'll write about a drowning but then everything else, it's a series of making choices. And sometimes the choices don't work out and I backtrack. I do lots of revision. But sometimes I really just feel my way as I go. 
Yeah. So, so you're a bit of both then. You're a plotter and a yeah. pantser. Yes. Yeah. I, I would say I'm a planter. There we go. So a yeah. planner and pantser. I'm a planter. But sometimes, sometimes I'm very surprised by the choices that I make to the point I've spooked myself a bit. And I've had to walk away from the computer. <laughs> just think about what I've done. <laughs> that is one of my questions, actually. Have you ever scared yourself with whatever you've written? Yes. Yes. I have a story. It hasn't It hasn't come out yet. Um, it hasn't been accepted for publication yet, but it's called Crawl Space. And it's about a computer programmer who whose dog kills his neighbor's cat and then the computer programmer Jared hides the death because he doesn't want anything bad to happen to him and a series of unfortunate events occur and Jared makes worse and worse choices and by the end I remember when I finished the draft of that story I just I was so uncomfortable by what this seemingly nice and normal person had done based on his series of bad choices. And I just thought, I don't know where some of that came from. I, I need space. <laughs> I needed space for Jared. He scared me. And so what's I, your most, sorry, carry on. I do apologize. Oh, sorry, go ahead. So what's your most challenging aspects of writing horror? I would say the most challenging aspect for me is trying to keep it fresh and do things differently. I actually have a, a book on horror scholarship that's going to be published next year from Vernon Press, and it's called No More Haunted Dolls, Horror Fiction That Transcends the Tropes. So often this genre is just awash in recycled boring plot lines that have been done and done and done and my whole thing is I want something different I want better than a fresh coat of paint on an old and tired routine and so for me I might I, again I actually got the idea for this this scholarship uh, after I had a haunted doll story rejected by an editor and the editor essentially said look the writing is good but you haven't done anything differently here and I thought, huh. And it really just took me down this rabbit hole, thinking about tropes and thinking about, okay, everything's been done. So it's the really the combination of putting ideas together and doing something new and different. And so that's a challenge I like to try to bring with my writing. I don't want just another zombie story. Let's add this other dynamic of, oh, I have this... Uh, sister relationship and there are some marital problems with the main character and her husband it's not just oh my gosh there are zombies let's run yeah there are a lot of like uh zombie books and um vampires is another one isn't it werewolves mm -hmm. but right. i think i think some authors they well, they all, all authors, they put their uniqueness to each story that makes it a little bit different. So they're not always the stereotypical zombie book or vampire book. A lot of the films are the same. Yes. Granted, um, you do find that it's... Uh, I had one also yes, uh, yesterday saying that... Um, uh, what was it he said now? That there's no sort of like in between, there's no showing you what actually happens mm -hmm. to get it to the apocalyptic state. 
It's just so people are turning into zombies and then it's the apocalypse. There's no in between. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of authors do put their own spin on things. And I think that's really good. I I agree. A book comes to mind that I read in the past year, The Hunger by Alma Katsu. And essentially that book is about the Donner Party. It's historical fiction, which in history was horrific enough. They they turned to eat each other because of starving. That's a real life horror story. But the author yeah. put another element into it and essentially does write a zombie book, except that it's so literary and the story is told with so much character development and careful plotting the reader has already been lulled into this suspension of disbelief and okay so there are zombies not that she uses the word but i thought it's just such an interesting take on a zombie story to add these other elements to it so i i would highly recommend that one if you haven't read it yeah as i said it's like Every author's different, aren't they? They all put their own little spin on things. Um, makes it a little bit different. Yes, and that's the fun of it. Yeah, definitely. So how important is the research phase to you when you're working on a new story? The research is very important to me in terms of making sure that things are believable. Something that makes me frustrated when I'm reading somebody else's work is if they haven't taken the time and care to understand whatever it is they're writing about. And that can be something simple. Uh, for example, I so I'm an English professor. I used to be a high school English teacher. I can't make all of my main characters educators, or that's boring. Yes, many of my main characters are educators, <laughs> but I also <laughs> have different jobs. And so to me, it's important to research the job. I, if I'm mentioning the job at all, I need to make sure that I'm I'm not going jargon heavy or that's going to ring false too, but yeah. that I'm at least giving a little bit of necessary background to different things. My, my one story, Keeper of Corpses, involves a nurse who works at a nursing home and she prepares if residents pass she prepares their bodies before the bodies are taken to the funeral home and so to write that story even though really it's only about a paragraph that describes this process i watched videos i read articles i put so much time and effort into it because Although I don't know who my readers are and whether they'll have similar jobs, it would it would be a shame if I if I got something like that wrong. And so I do yeah. think, of course, firsthand investigation is the best way to find out about something. But when we don't always have access to that experience or have access to somebody who who would know. There's so much that we can find out on the internet, looking at different sources, getting ideas, listening to interviews and whatnot. And so to me, sure, there are topics that I'll avoid that I simply think, well, I am not going to pull it off to what an astrophysicist does. So I'm not going to have any astrophysicists as main characters. But sure, I can have business people and doctors and nurses and lawyers and whatnot, because I can find out enough about what I need for the story to give it that 
that truthfulness, that verisimilitude. So for me, it is very important to get those details right. Fantastic. So are there any memorable reactions from your readers that stand out to you? Well, so since my novel has not come out yet, I haven't had the experience of, well, I have, I have done readings. I've gone to a lot of conferences and um, conventions and done readings there. So I guess there were some, I did one last weekend actually, and I guess that I, some of my horror writing has some dark humor in it. And so yeah. I got a very, a very big reaction at the end of my one short story last weekend where people laughed, but they also felt bad <laughs> for laughing at, at, at the absurdity of what happened to the character. And I think they were a little bit shocked and embarrassed. <laughs> so I would say that that would be memorable. But I guess that I once my once my book comes out and I get to do some more frequent readings, I'll see I'll see what else what other sorts of reactions people have. Some <laughs> reaction I've had from friends who have heard my readings for the first time is, "Well, you seem so nice." What's, what's going on in your head? So, oh, well, sorry, guys. This is this is what goes on in my head. Yes. It's a lot. So, so, so you basically at the moment you're scaring your friends. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. And I have to, I have to remember at times since I am an educator. Uh, well, I don't always need to let my students know everything that I write. <laughs> But I, I am a horror writing class next semester, so I'm very excited about that. And I know that I have full roam of being my dark, dark self, because that's what they'll want in that class. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Excited. I would be as well. <laughs> okay, so how do you think the horror genre has evolved over the years, in your opinion? I think, well, I mean, if we go back to the origin of horror, the origin is very literary and was, I believe, pretty well respected. And then, I mean, I see modern horror, I see a lot of fellow writers feeling frustrated about not being taken seriously as a horror writer in certain author circles. And so I do think that there is a certain... Uh, a certain push at this point in time for the genre to be taken more seriously. I know from an academic standpoint that all these conferences that I go to, there aren't that many opportunities for horror scholars to present their work. But I think that there is a push to be more accepted by the greater literary canon and whatnot. And so I, I think there's just so much great stuff coming out right now from the indie publishing world, as well as here and there from um, the big five publishers. So I think I think that we'll have our we have our time, we have our space, but I think it will continue to just as the movie industry has had some more mainstream horror movies that have been well received and accepted I think the same is true for horror fiction yeah I mean that uh, the indie 
publishing that is growing quite well isn't it that's yes. uh, growing yeah that's that's just I think that's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger um but it's just whether everything else will follow suit as well yeah so mm-hmm. do you, have you got any upcoming projects I know you said you've got a book releasing that you're excited about yes so I have recently finished my short story collection which is called keeper of corpses and other dark tales and so i have just in the past few weeks begun querying publishers to see if anybody's interested and so that book contains 27 short horror stories and basically i am i am running the gamut of the horror genre everything from cursed objects to one zombie story to just real life situations like i mentioned my story crawl space where things get out of hand and bad things happen i have ghost stories in there i just have some that are serious and very sad and some that have some dark humor in them and so i really think that there's something for everyone and just i i love the diversity of the stories in the book, in the collection. And I'm hoping to soon get that in the hands of a publisher who says yes and let unleashes these horrors upon the world or my readers. <laughs> I wish you all the best with that. Uh, 20, 20 odd stories yeah. sounds, uh, sounds amazing, <laughs> especially if they're all different ones. Oh, they're, they're very different, but I think, oh, something that's important about them though, even though they are very different, I have several linked stories. So they, many of the stories take place in the fictional town of Blackthorn, Pennsylvania, which just so happens to be the fictional town in Pennsylvania where my novel takes place. So I like the idea of this world, this different world, which sometimes is very much like the real world and sometimes has um, the occult and whatnot. But I like the idea of linking the stories together. So there's some sort of greater cohesion in the collection. Yeah. Sounds like you're creating your own sort of like town, fictional town. That's what I'm doing. Blackthorn, Pennsylvania. I don't think I want to. I'll, I'll stay I'll stay where I live in Pennsylvania instead <laughs> <laughs> so what advice would you give to aspiring horror writers my advice is find a writing community and I think it, by doing that again whether they decide to work on improving their writing through a formal program or just joining some workshops finding some like-minded writers to exchange work and get feedback on i think that the best thing an aspiring writer can do is is get good feedback and make adjustments and send out their work and that's one of the things that that i've really been pushing my writer friends to do because they're they're so worried about getting rejected but i said if you're not getting rejected then you're not you're not doing anything uh, getting a rejection yeah. says I've sent my work out. I have I have made this move, this push to try to get published. And if we let the fear of the unknown, oh no, what if they reject me? Well, I know that if I don't send my work out, it will never 
it will not be accepted. I know that if I do send my work out, yes, it could be rejected. Oh, and trust me, it has been. But also, every time I send my work out, there's the potential that this could be it. There's the potential that, okay, my book is getting published. And, you know, I worked on improving my writing. I kept sending out my work and I'm seeing a lot of my goals coming true. And that's what it's about. That's what it's about is, is getting to see your name in print on the cover of a book. And for so many of us, it's been a lifelong dream. And I say, go for it. It will only be a dream if you don't take the strides to get further. That's right. I completely agree. Well, thank you very much, Cassandra, for being with us today. It's been amazing having you on the show. Thank you so much, Crystal. I really appreciate you having me here. You're very welcome. Is there anything else that you'd like to add at all? Nope. Other than just keep writing. Don't be afraid to try different things because the great thing is that if it doesn't work out, you can revise it and make it better or you can start on a whole new project and try something different. 